With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're taking a look at Connor's latest 2024 NFL mock draft, and I'm going to tell you five picks that I would change. We'll go down the entire first round mock draft so you guys get to hear a brand new first round mock from Connor, but then a lot of the conversation is going to be based around which picks I would change, whether it's a certain position, whether it's a certain player, something. We're having a lot of good conversations here on the show with a mock draft flavor. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you on a Monday edition of the show. Getting your Thanksgiving week kicked off right with a little mock draft flavor. We did this a couple weeks ago. I wrote a mock draft. Connor tore it to pieces. Got <laughs> five picks where he said, no, this is absolute BS. We're not rolling with that. We got to change it. And today I get to do that for Connor's because Connor put out a recent mock draft. It wasn't this Monday. I think it was last Monday. Connor, is that correct? Is it, yeah, is it last, uh, last Wednesday. Yeah, last we're, Wednesday. You're close but, enough. So I just wanted to make sure people knew, like, the order, if they go read it online, which they should, it's going to be a little different than it stands today because we've had a Thursday and a Sunday since. But it's close enough. I'm going to take a look at it. I'm going to identify five picks that I would change. Connor, how the hell are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. There's already some that I would change. So I'm I'm open. I'm open here. <laughs> All right. So so it's five picks that I would change, and then it's one pick that you would change. Without a doubt, man. You know what? I'm doing well. Um, it's it's exciting. I me and you were talking about this before we started recording. Like think about years ago, we used to write these wherever, God knows where, and it's you just wanted three people to read it. Mm-hmm. And now it's one of those things where you write one and you get the overwhelming amount of responses. People make YouTube videos going through your mock drafts. It's uh, it's really cool how much people care, honestly, yeah. about the draft this time of year is really my point. We're really grateful for that. And it's great when, you know, we can get you involved on, on things I write and vice versa. So I'm good. I'm excited. And I guess for those that haven't seen it and the full things on NBC sports.com. Well, NBC I should probably. Brand. Yeah. Promo. I should probably just rip through this thing, right, Trevor? Yeah, so uh, we can get it started like we did a couple weeks ago. For the people that aren't watching this on YouTube, and I guess even for the people that are, that maybe haven't read the mock yet, Connor's going to read his entire first-round mock draft. So you get a a mock draft Monday type of a feel, but we're not going to go through every single selection. We'll kind of highlight a handful of them as we talk about these teams and you know, kind of who's up, who's down, who they're targeting, all that good stuff. But yeah, my friend, I will uh, hand it over to you. Read off to the good people. Uh, your most updated mock. 
So number one, the Bears picking via the Carolina Panthers. They take Caleb Williams, quarterback from USC. Number two, the Giants, who had a surprise. Well, it's against Washington, who they always beat. So maybe not a surprise win, but the Giants with a big win this weekend that does move them out of this spot. But at number two, when I wrote it, they take Drake May, quarterback UNC. Number three, the Patriots, the most criticized pick, and I get it. I had them take Olu Fashanu, the tackle from Penn State. Um, okay, we're gonna get in, we're gonna get into that very quickly. The fact that you said it was the most criticized. Oh my god, I got I got devoured. For this oh, week. okay, we're gonna talk about that the second that you're done reading yes. it because that's not even one of the five that I would change because it's a good one. But we're gonna get into it. There we Keep go. Going. Number four, the Arizona Cardinals. They take Marvin Harrison Jr. Five, the Bears with their actual pick take Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver from LSU. At six, the Packers, another team that got an upset win this weekend. They take Joe Alt, the tackle from Notre Dame. Seven, the Rams. They take the tackle from Georgia, Amarius Mims. Eight, the Tennessee Titans. They take Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia. Nine, the Denver Broncos. Layatu Latu, edge pass rusher, UCLA. Ten, the Atlanta Falcons. Chop Robinson, another edge pass rusher, this time from Penn State. Eleven, the Washington Commanders. Take Talise Fuaga, the big, nasty right tackle from Oregon State. Twelve, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Take Jared Verse, edge pass rusher, Florida State. 13, the New York Jets, they take Keon Coleman, wide receiver from Florida State. 14, the Los Angeles Chargers, they get Kool-Aid McKinstry, corner Alabama. 15, the Indianapolis Colts, Roma Dunze, wide receiver out of Washington. 16, the Las Vegas Raiders take J.C. Latham, offensive tackle out of Alabama to play across from Colton Miller. 17, the Buffalo Bills take Cooper DeGene, the corner out of Iowa. 18, the Bengals take Troy Fatnow, the offensive lineman from Washington. 19, the Saints take Jordan Morgan, the tackle from Arizona. 20, the Cardinals via the Houston Texans. They are taking Jerzon Newton, defensive lineman out of Illinois. That is their second pick in the first round. 21, the Minnesota Vikings take Michael Penix, quarterback out of Washington. 22, Dallas Cowboys take Dallas Turner, edge player from Alabama. 23, the Pittsburgh Steelers take Nate Wiggins, corner, Clemson. 24, the Texans via the Cleveland Browns. They take Troy Franklin, the speedy wide receiver out of Oregon. 25, the Miami Dolphins take Patrick Paul, Tackle out of Houston, 26, the Seahawks. Tyler Newbin, safety out of Minnesota. 27, the San Francisco 49ers take Terrion Arnold, the cornerback from Alabama. 28, Jacksonville Jaguars take Graham Barton, offensive lineman out of Duke. 29, the Baltimore Ravens take Emeka Ibuka, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. 30, the Detroit Lions take Kamari Laster, corner, Georgia. 31, the Kansas City Chiefs take Adonai A.D. Mitchell, wide receiver from Texas. And finally, Philadelphia Eagles at 32 take TJ Tampa, the corner from Iowa State. All right. Obviously, for anybody out there, we're going to talk about a handful of these picks. But if one really stood out to you, let us know in the comments. It's a great way to get in on the mock. Okay. Let's talk about the Patriots pick. So you have the Patriots picking number three overall, and you have them taking Penn State offensive tackle, Olufushanu. I don't understand how you got pushback from that other than the fact that it's not Caleb Williams or Drake May who were not on the board. Like when you look at the New England Patriots, offensive line was a major need for them last offseason. Like we talked about the Patriots potentially drafting a first round offensive lineman last year, and that is not something that they did. They went cornerback in Christian Gonzalez, who's a good football player. I'm not going to fight too much against that. But then Keon White, Arte Mapu, they didn't draft O-line until the fourth round when they drafted Jake Andrews. And they had Antonio Mafi and City So after that. So like they drafted a couple of these younger guys. But we're talking about day three players. Trent Brown's a free agent coming up, and he's going to be over 30 years old. Michael Onwenu's a free agent coming up and has been like in and out of the lineup over the last couple of years. This is a team that's bottom 10 in the NFL in total pass blocking grade. 
total offensive line grade and total pressures allowed. Where is the hate, Connor? Please. So, uh, yes. Number one, if people are like, uh, you know, I really want Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm like, okay, cool. But the the outcry that this pick is insane. I think people are missing how good Olufashanu really is. I think because Clearly, if you're getting hate for it, it's very easy to see how good Marvin Harrison Jr. is if you just watch college football. But Olufashanu is blue chip at left tackle at a position that. Man, we've had good tackle prospects over the years. Off the top of my head, I haven't liked to tackle this much since Penny Sewell. If I really, or no, I would say Icky's up there too. I love Icky, but very different player. So different, so different than Fashanu. Man, he's just such a gifted athlete as a pass protector. And the one question coming into this year was improving as a run blocker. And he has improved as a run blocker. And the fact that the premium put on offensive line in this league right now, and also still thinking into how New England operates, I think it would be easier for New England to go get a number one wide receiver in trade or free agency than it would be able to get a tackle with the talent of Olu Fashanu. So, I mean, I get it. Like, if you flip this pick, I'm like, yeah, great. You got Marvin Harrison Jr. But I don't, it's very hard for me to say this pick is just out there. No, I, the, Kind of the way that you set it up there. If people would rather have Marvin Harris Jr., like sure. you said, probably he's my number but, one player over the summer. But to get like actual backlash over, it's kind of crazy because uh, we we've we've said it before on this podcast, and you just kind of mentioned it right there. It's easier to get impact wide receivers than it is impact offensive tackles. Uh, good offensive linemen, they don't hit the trade block, they don't hit free agency, and they don't get out of the top 15 of NFL drafts. Like, good offensive tackle. I would say that, like, the great the great ones, the ones that you think are going to be truly elite offensive tackles, don't make it out of the top 10. So unless you are drafting one in the top 10, there's chance there's there's a good chance that you're not even going to have get your – you're not even going to be able to get your hands on one. Whereas wide receiver, even some of the best wide receivers in the NFL, like – Tyreek Hill got traded, right? And that was like at a time when he was the best wide receiver in the NFL. Devontae Adams moved from team to team. And I know there's situations and there's things in the background that go into that, but that just goes to show you like that never, ever really happens with elite offensive tackle. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is the shiny toy. I get it. I mean, he's unbelievable and he'd be great for that offense. But to get backlash for a player like Olufashanu, especially for a team that absolutely needs offensive line is... uh, a little crazy to me. People are going to, if, if, if y'all disagree, if, if you guys are maybe one of the people that thinks like, no way you can't pick this guy over Marvin Harrison Jr. Again, please let us know in the comments. Cause I'd love to read what you have to think, read the reasons why, and then have a little back and forth with you. But that was not one of the picks that I would change. Cause I liked it. The first pick that I would change in this mock, we got to go, you know, like, like actually you said for mine, you gave me a compliment. You said it was a good mock. This was also a very good mock in a lot of ways. And I, I looked at, okay, I could change this here and there. Like I looked at Chicago and I saw Malik Neighbors at five. And I was like, whoa, all right, Neighbors at five. It's a little high. I might be able to change that. But, you know, I don't I don't hate their offensive tackles right now. That's I where I landed. I was like, they're not as bad as I thought. Right. I, I mean, sure. Would I like for them to add Latu? Like, would I say that like Latu would be a fantastic pick there at five for them? Yes. but. I don't hate neighbors. Like I think neighbors does a great job for them as well. Like it's, it's the same kind of connection. It's the same kind of feel of getting Caleb Williams, Drake may at number one. 
Uh, and then a lot of times it was like, oh, Marvin Harrison Jr. if they were picking two. So I don't hate it. So I got to go all the way down to number eight. I guess not all the way down. So this is the Tennessee Titans taking Brock Bowers, who I absolutely think is a Mike Vrabel fit. The thing that worries me about this one, and you know maybe it shouldn't matter this much, but I wonder how much Vrabel is going to be on the hot seat a little bit just going into next year. Do you take? Can you take a tight end at eight? Knowing where right, you yeah. knowing where you are in your rebuild as a team, right? Rand Carthen comes in as the general manager. You know, it's kind of like a long-term build. Will Levis and Brock Bowers is a really nice one-two punch. I like that moving forward. It's good. But you can't block up front the yeah. stuff. And I know that ba- Bowers definitely helps you up front because he's a good blocker. But this is one where I do I would switch Brock Bowers out with Talise Fuaga, a guy who I love a lot, who I think is going to be a great variable fit anyways. He's an ass kicker in the run game. Look, he doesn't have the smoothest footwork. He's not covering as much ground as, you know, Olu Vashano is or Joe Walt is. And like even sometimes JC Latham is somebody who covers a lot of ground in his kick slides. You know, it's 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 shorter stride lengths, maybe not as flexible um with Talise Fuaga, but I still think he's got the active, powerful hands, and I just feel as though this is somebody who is only getting better. He gets to the NFL level. I love that mentality, love that strength, and I think that this is really the type of ass kicker that the Titans needed. To me, you know, with just Peter Skaronsky as a guy on that offensive line that I can really hang my hat on, there's some other, like, okay guys on the offensive line, but you're really trying to build a wall on that offensive line moving forward. And to me, if you get Skaronsky in his second year, and then Talise Fuaga in his first year, like that's a really good one-two offensive line pick. The next year, you probably add another guy in there. And then all of a sudden, you know, in a year or two, you're talking about potentially having one of the best offensive lines in the conference. So to me, it starts up front there with them. And I love Brock Bowers, but to me, where the Titans are and how bad the trenches are for him right now, I keep going back to offensive tackle. So I got to change it to an offensive tackle pick. No argument for me. I mean, I like Bowers a lot better as a player, but the draft isn't always that simple. And Tennessee, they're in a tough place on the offensive line. I got a lot of feedback on this one the same way, and I understand it. Like, they got to keep rebuilding this offensive line. Skaronsky was a nice start. It's so frustrating with Tennessee because if you don't take a, a pass catcher here, you look at their pass catching group as new as Hop gets older, and you're like, right. man, Levis isn't going to have a lot to work with. But then you also go to your point, Trevor, and go, if they don't improve this offensive line, it doesn't matter who's out there. It's the meme all over again. Levis getting tackled. And, you know, <laughs> nobody, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's Brock Bowers wide open down the field. It's That'll never get old. It'll never get old. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's the Jamar Chase Penny Soul debate for the Bengals. Created an incredible draft meme that will live on in glory. But yeah, I get it. I, I think that it's so weird Bowers because nobody will deny he is a great football player. He's an elite receiving tight end. He is a viable, good blocker. He's got, I think maybe the best hands in the draft, but you go through the top 15 picks and you're like, ah, I don't know. Like it's Washington. Maybe. (laughs) I don't Ah! know. 
Yeah, that's exactly what, that's what it feels like. Oh man, I've had a lot of Romo games for the Jets this year, and yeah, I've got my my fill of that. That's my that's my that's one of my favorite memes, honestly. Like just the one where it's Tony ah! Romo's picture. She's like, oh yeah, I don't know, Jim. It's so great, but yeah, that's how I, that's that how I feel about Brock Bowers in a mock draft. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Connor. Ah, no, so, look, I, yeah. I think that this is a really good pairing. Uh, I was looking up Nukes contract because he's got he's under contract for this year it's actually a really team friendly deal for 2023 he's only on the cap 3.7 million dollars this year bumps all the way up to 15.9 next year and then he's got some void years attached to it so you know that's kind of like how they're getting around i think paying him a lot of money to be there but and it is yeah i mean it is one of those situations where What's the future of this receiving core as well? Because I think that you signed Hopkins as a short-term dude, right? I mean, like, I, not that I don't think that he's going to, not that I think he's going to retire immediately after this season, but you clearly signed Hopkins to compete this year for Ryan Tannehill to be his quarterback, for Derrick Henry to be their running back, and to kind of make a push for an AFC playoff spot. It's not where this roster is. We felt like the Titans were punching above their weight class for the last couple of years. And this year it just fell all the way down to now they're a team that's going to be picking in the top 10. So for me, I'd be changing this one to uh to offensive tackle. Although of course, like, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because they would absolutely love a guy like Brock Bowers. But um, as our good friend, Alex Clancy would say, you got to eat your vegetables, right? I mean, if you, if you don't have the front on the offensive or defensive line to be able to pick a tight end like Bowers, and I don't know. I think you got to look. Uh, I think you got to look elsewhere on the trenches. Okay, uh, you want to go to my next one? It's going back to the memes. It's like the fancy sports car parked in like <laughs> next like, hours. The house falling apart. Yeah. All right, I'm done with the meme comps for the day. No, 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 no. This show lives on memes. They have to go on. Oh, they absolutely man. have to go on. So Falcons. That's where we're going next. Two spots down. They pick ten overall. Ah, you're changing who Arthur Smith isn't going to feature? Always a fun game. Well, well, I hope he features a quarterback because I'm giving him Bo Nix. You know, you had <laughs> he technically has to. You're right, right, right. I mean, he might not. You know, he could sign Marcus Mariota back. I don't know. Brian Tannehill, actually. That I, be- I've been saying that jokingly, but not jokingly for a long time. Tannehill? Brian Tannehill is the quarterback of your 2024 Atlanta Falcons. You know what I'm picking in no man's land. Arthur Smith is afraid. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know. Like, this isn't groundbreaking. This isn't brand new. But Justin Fields at least looked good against the Lions. Productive, I should say. I I didn't look at the all 22, so I can't like exactly say like, oh, yeah, he was for sure. But he seemed at least productive. Obviously led the team in passing yards, but he also led the team in rushing yards. He had over 100 uh, yards passing, he had over 100 yards running. So, like, the talent is still there for Justin Fields. Would Arthur Smith entertain that kind of a trade, right? Because if the if the Bears end up getting the number one overall pick, there are some people who say, no, 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 use those two top five picks on really good players, build around Justin Fields. I don't think the timing lines up for that, right? Because by the time the rest of the roster is as good as it's need, going to need to be, for you to legitimately compete in the playoffs, you're going to have to then sign Justin Fields to a massive contract if he turns out to be the quarterback that you want to invest in. Some people would say that is worth it. 
I think it's kind of bad timing for where they're currently at in the rebuild. So Justin Fields potentially in Atlanta. Hmm. Hmm. So is that the change? No, 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 no. You got a bonus change here. No, I was just think that'll be dealt for Fields. The change, no, 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 no. The change is I draft Bonix at ten, right? Like if, if if you tell me that this is the quarterback room for the Falcons going into the draft next year, meaning they did not sign a Ryan Tannehill or whoever. Shoot, even if they did, yeah, I'd be I interested in still drafting a quarterback. You're probably not signing Ryan Tannehill and then drafting a quarterback at 10. At that point, you might go with a pass rusher like you had. But in this scenario, if they're walking into the NFL draft with the same quarterback room that they have now, I'm taking a quarterback. I'm taking Bo Nix. Um, and this is somebody who I seem to be higher on than most people, but – don't even look at the stats, man. I think that people sometimes look at Bo Nix's stats and they just go, oh, dude, he's like, it's Oregon's offense. They're making it easy for him. Look at all the yards after catch these guys are getting. And it's true, but watch the arm talent in between these throws. It's accurate. It's got zip. It's got all sorts of velocity at all three levels of the field. Like he's a legit rushing threat as well. You know, he could be a really good dual threat RPO type of a quarterback for you. So I think that he's a fantastic option. I'm not quite there with Jaden Daniels yet. I know some people are going to scream at us in the comments for because I've seen Jaden Daniels going to the Falcons, but with them having a top 10 pick, if the Falcons were picking like back end of the first round, that's somewhere where I'd say like, okay, like now we're starting to get into Daniels range, but I'm not there yet. I'd still take Bo Nix. Bo Nix is still my QB3. Um and I don't want to say too much in Jaden Daniels because we're actually going to get to him later. And I forgot. Oh, giving away the goods. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, the Falcons need a point guard, right? They have a lot of shiny parts. That's what I think. But Nick's, Nick's is excellent at it, if you ask me. He is. I agree. I can't draft a point guard in my heart at 10. That's my biggest thing. Like, I, I obviously, you and I see Nick's a little differently. I just wonder, and maybe the answer is no, but can you find a point guard on day two of the draft, or do you have to use a top 10 pick? Like With Arthur's offense, it doesn't feel like it's ever going to be star-driven at the quarterback position because the number one, I wrote this in the mock draft, they're going to win. They're going to pick in no man's land. They're not going to be in uh, territory for Caleb Williams or Drake May. And when I say in territory, that doesn't just mean one or two. There's a chance that a team picks in the top two that trades out like Arizona mm-hmm. and there's going to be a lot of teams that try to <clears throat> move up and even them, the Falcons picking outside the top eight, you're probably too far out to move up. You never know, but I don't know. It's they're a weird one. They really are because does Bo Nix make them better? He absolutely yes. does. He absolutely does. I think he makes them a playoff team this year in that division right correct yeah it's it is weird it's right they're they they're you know you're not as high on Knicks as i am though so me i can i'm confident in saying that i feel as though right he would make them a playoff team Uh, well i would if i was going quarterback here i would take Penix because i i just look at what Penix can do physically yeah and i i am well aware and Penix didn't go in the top 10 of my mock draft like there's going to be we do this every time there's going to be combos around Penix's medicals history mm-hmm. um, with the, you know, with the tears he's had and the AC joint, 
He's been healthy for two years. He's played at a really high level for two years. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see what happens there. I think he's going to have a really good process. I think a lot of coaching staffs are going to go watch him throw the ball and they're going to be like, okay, like this is a dude. But, um, you know, when you take quarterbacks this early, I I swing as, you know, for a home run. And I I think that would be Penix for me in this scenario. Well, I'm going to break your heart later in this episode. But before we get to that, this time of year is all about setting up routines. It's all about setting up checklists. And the most important thing on that checklist should always be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. It was designed by parents for parents to give you high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes. It's got flexible policies that fit your family's budget with quality policies like million-dollar coverage for less than a dollar a day. You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and apply when it is convenient for you all online and to your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. You join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stock exchange. That is M-E-E-T fabric.com slash stock exchange. Policies are issued by our friends over at Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Uh, I said I was going to break your heart with a change of a pick. We're not going to get there yet. A little teaser. People got to, you know, stick around in the show. Got to get that average view time up, folks. Yeah, stick around, folks. <laughs> don't don't touch that scroll bar. Don't <laughs> don't touch your, 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 your laptop, your phone, whatever device you're on will implode. Put it in do not disturb mode. Just let it ride for the next 15 minutes. Before we get to that, uh, I'm going to go down to your New York Jets. Oh, your, your Jets. You're going to change the only thing that's made me happy about the Jets in a month. <laughs> Very nice of you. Happy holidays. So, all right. I have. I, okay. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, this is a two part change. Okay. Oh, okay. Because one, you have them taking Keon Coleman, the wide receiver from Fuller State. One, I would even pick a different receiver that was on the board instead oh. of Keon Coleman. I would have taken Romo Dunze. I got asked about this one a lot. Because Rome was still on the board. And you had Rome going two picks after because these guys are very close in the rankings. But my change is actually back to offensive line. And we don't have to talk too much about offensive line. Uh, I have them taking – I'm switching this one out for Alabama offensive tackle J.C. Latham, um, somebody who I do think is worthy of a top 20 overall pick, certainly from what I've seen from him this year. But – We've had the offensive line conversation with the Jets, right? We, we've had this so many times in this show. We've set it up. You know, you, you look at, okay, you've got injuries along the offensive line, you know, questions at both offensive tackle spots. You got to make sure that group is as good as possible for when Aaron Rodgers comes back next year. Well, I mean, December, actually. Um, which, how do we feel about Zach Wilson getting benched? Before, I mean, before, I'm, before I move on to the other. Two weeks too late okay. at most. Okay. It's also, you go to Tim Boyle. I mean, you, he's, this is like not something that I think they wanted to do in any way. Did they just sign Tim Boyle? No, Tim Boyle's. I mean, it's when Aaron Rodgers shows up somewhere, Tim Boyle gets out of the suitcase. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> like you open, you open the luggage and like, it's like a cartoon. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's Tim Boyle, Randall Cobb, Nathaniel Hackett, Billy Turner. They all come in roller luggage. <laughs> They forgot the one bag I wanted, Mercedes Lewis. 
<laughs> it's true. It's very anyway. true. So, okay. Anyways, I, I had to yeah, ask you about that. Yeah, but, he knows the system, Trevor. So, <laughs> so I would have changed his pick to J.C. Latham. Well, we've had this conversation a million times, and Latham was still on the board here in this situation. He was the only one of the big four, I would say, because you had Amarius Mims going a lot higher in this as well. So, um, yeah. you know, Olafashano, Amarius Mims, Joe All, Talise Fuaga, they're all off the board. J.C. Latham was still there. And I mean, you, we've got guys, you know, I, I see Jordan Morgan, the offensive tackle from Arizona. You know, you have him you know, sneaking into the top 20 here, so I know you like him a lot. But ultimately, I kind of just wanted to ask you the question. I would switch this out for an offensive tackle because my stance hasn't changed. But you, you cover this team, you watch this team, sometimes, you know, to your own mental health detriment. <laughs> Why go with a wide receiver here? Tell me kind of what your thought process was going with Keon Coleman and going with a wide receiver. So a couple things. One, let's do this mock draft as the roster stands now. Okay. I, we know the Jets are going to try to get Devontae Adams, and it's it, okay. We'll see what happens. I'm not going to pretend Devontae Adams is on the Jets. Did, right didn't now. I re- didn't I read something that they actually made a move for him at the deadline? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they did try yeah. to do. That. I don't think anybody was in the office. Like, remember the Raiders fired everybody deadline day, and it was. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't I it seemed like there was not much response there. Dude, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. They were like, oh yeah, we didn't trade Devontae Adams. No, yeah, no shit. Nobody's working the phone. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody had <laughs> Ziegler's number just kept just kept ringing. Hopefully the, he had a good the, call, but ring back. The secretary's tone. the secretary's making NFL league changing decisions. Yeah. Uh no, we, we're not interested in trading them now. We think we got a shot with Antonio Pierce. So, oh, I didn't even think of that. They, that was all going down deadline day. So they probably just were not even. That's you know, it's funny. Okay. Anyways, it go back to wide receiver in the roster. So let's assume that, you know, Devontae is not a jet. Let's say the Raiders win a couple more games. Things go well. There's buyback in uh, whatever you want to say. So the Jets have, the, in my opinion, the worst number two wide receiver situation in football. Uh, Alan Lazard has had the year from hell. He can't get open, and when they throw him the ball, he can't catch anything when he's open. Um, it, they don't have anybody that can get open besides Garrett Wilson, and occasionally Tyler Conklin. But once again, like I'm thinking, wide receiver here. So wide receiver is a massive need for the New York Jets right now. Mm-hmm. It is a massive need right now. And then somebody said, "Okay, well, what do you do about the offensive line?" And this has definitely changed a little bit because unfortunately Mackay Becton got hurt again this weekend. I wrote this mock draft before this weekend, right? But right. I, the jets are going to go into camp next year. You would think if they use this pick on a Keon Coleman Becton as their left tackle, they'd have to franchise tag him or find an extension. Uh, and it's just an ankle sprain for Becton, but it stinks that he got hurt again. This is, this is all four years of his NFL career. He's had some kind of injury somewhere. What's, he, what's his timeline? Do it sounds know? like a high ankle, so it could be oh, it could be okay. multi-week. Yeah, it yeah, could be multi-week yeah. injury. We'll get more updates on that in the future. But, you know, mm-hmm. ideally, the Jets were going into camp next year. Becton at left tackle. AVT is going to be a tackle now, so he's your right tackle. And then Lakin at left guard. Joe Tipman at center, who's played very, very well this year. And then you got to find a right guard, which you would think you could do that. You can do that. You could do that. Like, that's yeah. something that you should be able to do. But the reality is... They have their injury prone at tackle. And because I would ask you that if you went Latham, do we think Latham can play left tackle or would we be kicking ABT over to left tackle and keep Latham comfortable on the right side? Because ABT's played some left tackle for the Jets before. 
it's an impossible question for me to answer because right. like many offensive linemen who have played the game would tell you, um, you can do it. It's just really awkward. And it's, and it's, it, it, it takes guys different timelines to switch from left to right. It's just a really awkward thing to do. The timing is different. The hands, the muscle memory is different. So like you can, and some guys are much better at flipping from right to left than others, but I don't know. That's a, that's a question that you would, that's one of those things where when we talk about those, you know, top 30 visits, you know, that you get from a lot of these prospects, that's where you bring JC Latham in and you go like, okay, let's like, well, let's run some stuff with you at left tackle. Let's see like how familiar you are with this, or if it just looks like a train wreck, because that would be something that goes into the equation for the jets. I do agree with you there. Honestly, if I'm the jets in this scenario, Keon, back to the Keon Coleman pick. I took Coleman because I think he's the perfect compliment for Garrett Wilson. Wilson is so smooth and he's, a, he's such a good separator and he's explosive after the catch. And then Coleman can be kind of your, you know, they thought about this when they signed Lazard. They thought they had this contested catch, big bodied guy, and he's, it's not worked out. So I love Coleman's fit with the Jets. I think he's more physical than a Dunze. A lot of people ask me that. They're like, why would you go with him over a Dunze? He, he would, I would give him that nod. I think he's way more physical than a Dunze. Um, but yeah, the Jets are going to be in a really interesting spot. If they tra- if they trade for Devontae Adams, then and I don't they're I don't think they're trading this year's first rounder for Devontae Adams. Maybe I'm off there, but I don't even I'm not even fully confident that, you that think they you, do you think they would? I kind of think they would. Well, because Aaron like it's Aaron's, you know, all in year. And yeah, I don't know, man. But if you're, but if you're good, if you're going to draft one at 13 or wherever the hell it is, you might as well trade it for Devante, right? You're already, all I'm in. not sure about that. Devante is going to be 31 in a month. I, Devante Adams is awesome. Don't get me wrong, but man, that's a tricky one. No, I, I, I'm not trading the 13th overall pick in the draft for Devontae Adams and all the cap gymnastics you have to do that comes with that. Call me crazy. That feels like, oh, I will. Yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> <Okay>. doing that. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think I would, but that's also an issue. It's an interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. Jets, it is. please, please sound off. Yeah, we, weigh Jay. in. I, yeah, I would, I would love to hear. Because it, the... To go to your side, though, you're sitting there going, well, you got Aaron Rodgers all in on 2024. Like, don't do the one foot in, one foot out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It feels like, look, I don't know what's about to happen with the Jets. Like, I don't know if Rodgers is about to, like, try to come back in the middle of December, end of December. Like, I don't don't know if somebody's going to, like, step in and be like, hey, buddy. Season's over. Like, we're out of the play. Like, you're not playing this year. We're out of the race. This is not happening because they're like they're they're technically not out of the race yet. But you're playing Tim Boyle for the next two games. If you lose the next two games, you're bet you're out. You're basically out of it. So at that point, even the earliest of Aaron Rodgers timeline doesn't matter anymore. Why would you do that? Yeah. So I don't know. A lot of interesting Jets conversations, as it you know always is. The right? conversations around the Jets when they're not playing football are so much more interesting than when they actually are. Take it, from you me. know. And that's how you got started. That's how you got started in in, in the draft industry. Yep. People ask me all the time, like, oh, how'd you get in the NFL draft? And I was like, I grew up a Bucks fan. <laughs> like, they, they have the lowest winning percentage of any NFL team in the history of the league. <laughs> the lowest. 
You have you have the Super Bowl Hall of Fame defense years. You have the Brady years, and then you have the Everything draft in everywhere else. Yeah, the no, I. That's it. That was it for me with the Jets. I mean, God, you had like '98, few random years in the early 2000s, back to back AFC championships in '09 and '10 with Rex, and then those are sick though. Thirteen, they were super sick, and then 13 years of just absolute uh, pathetic decision making hey we're getting there we're getting there so we're getting hey there. you know what i it's okay because it, it brought us here i did it did it did and we love it and we love that uh this pro- this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at prize picks we have an official prize picks lineup for monday night football so this is just an example we know that the show comes out when monday night football is going on but this is an example of what you can do over at prize picks so you guys can get interested in it because it's a really fun daily fantasy sports game okay so You've got to combine multiple entries with prize picks, but that's what makes it so much fun. So the official PFF prize picks lineup this week is Jalen Hurts because it's Eagles versus Chiefs. So it's Jalen Hurts over 36 and a half rushing yards. Sorry, more more, more than 36 and a half rushing yards. Uh, Patrick Mahomes more than 24 and a half rushing yards. So we're getting an absolute dual threat QB duel here. And then Jalen Hurts again with more 21 fantasy points. So if that sounds very interesting to you, whoa, hold on. We got, we went stats and the fantasy points. That's what makes prize picks so much fun. It is such a cool way to bet. And also, this is another thing. With basketball season here, you can pick combo projections from different sports. Football and basketball, there's a special leagues tab. You can click on that. It's specifically made for combo projections, which can include two or more players from different sports leagues. For example, you could have LeBron James or Travis Kelsey Ten and a half combined three pointers made in receptions, and like if it hits, there you go. And so it's just a really creative way to put some skin in the game, have a lot of fun watching sports. Price Picks even has a reboot policy, so your entries will stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball, if you got a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return for the second, that player is automatically rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy people go to pricepicks.com backslash nflse and use that promo code nflse and get a first deposit match up to 100 it is such a fun way to watch sports and if you're going to do it use the promo code nflse to get that hundred dollars pricepicks.com nflse promo code nflse first deposit match up to 100 for, for, it's 100 free dollars to to play with if you're gonna if you're gonna get into it which you absolutely should it's always a good time appreciate our friends over at price picks all right, I mentioned uh, I was going to break your heart here. Yeah, just do it. Swap Penix out for another quarterback or the Vikings. We know. <laughs> I'm going to do it. You sicko. I'm going to do it. So you got the Vikings at number 21 taking Michael Penix, which if we're keeping it a buck, Penix is still better than the selection that I gave them two weeks ago because I gave them a corner and I got yelled at by a lot of Vikings fans understandably so because they were like hey the corners are kind of playing a little bit better and um yeah kirk cousins just got hurt now this is before the josh dobbs resurgence so i don't know what's going on with josh dobbs i don't know if he's going to be the franchise quarterback i don't maybe they'll sign him to the patrick mahomes deal this offseason that's still on the table but because the ink hasn't dried on that contract yet you have him taking michael penance because your boy he is your qb three right oh yeah Always, always has been partner. All right. Okay. I didn't mean to insult you. It didn't mean to insult you. You can say that with your chest. So I had Knicks as my QB three going into the season. And I still do. And then I had Penix as my QB four up until this point. 
And I have since put Jaden Daniels ahead of Michael Penix. So I wow. now have Jaden Daniels a little bit ahead of Michael Penix. Dude, it is where I think not enough people are giving Penix credit for how well he has been playing and how explosive he is as a quarterback and how healthy he has been over the last couple of years. And ultimately just what he can do at the NFL level with that type of arm talent. I also think that Jaden Daniels is having a similar, maybe even better rise, right? Because we went into the year thinking, wow, Michael Penix had a really nice year last year where Michael Penix starting point was even a little bit higher than Jaden Daniels. And what Daniels has been able to do, I would say over the last two years, because you and I watched him over the summer. And my take over the summer with him was really good at managing risk now. That wasn't the case when he was at Arizona State. It was last year at LSU. He had one of the lowest turnover-worthy play rates in the country, but his big-time throw rate was also way down. So it's like, okay, sure, you're taking care of the ball, but you're also not pushing it down the field at a level in which you need to do to allow your team to win games. Holy cow, is that different this year? Yeah, the turnover-worthy plays are a little bit higher, but – LSU's offense is um, top three in the country in total passing yards, yards per game, uh, passing touchdowns, rushing efficiency, certainly from the quarterback position, EPA. Like, it's just through the roof, and Jaden Daniels is the engine that makes all of it go. The way that he is seeing the field right now, how he has progressed as somebody who now is very comfortable hanging in the pocket a little bit more, going through that extra read, not just taking off when he – whenever he can, because he absolutely has the ability to do it. He's becoming more of a pocket passer. He's reading defenses correctly. He's got a great arm. I don't know if it's as strong as Penix is, but man, I was watching some of Jaden Daniels deepest throws this year, and he could still get it 55, 60 yards down the field with some good accuracy. And so for everything that Michael Penix is as a dual threat quarterback, and honestly, just how much better he has gotten, each year he has played college football to the point where I think he should be the favorite for the Heisman Trophy right now. I elevated him into that QB4 spot behind Knicks and right above where Michael Penix is. So with you having Penix going 21 to the Vikings, I got to stay true to my most updated rankings and I got to put Jaden Daniels there. Daniels is a lot of fun, man. He's a really, really unique running threat where he is very dangerous and elusive at making guys miss once he gets out. He's not a typical slide or run out of bounds, or he likes to be slippery. He likes to try to make a play. Sometimes I wish he'd run out of bounds more. I was going to say <laughs> it has become a concern for me. He gets yeah. sawed in half way too often for my life. He's this tall, slender guy. He is. He's, like he's, he's, he's the Dwayne Wade commercial where Wade's just getting going up for layups or dunks. He's just getting absolutely obliterated in the paint. And then it's like the fall down seven, get up eight, whatever. And it's just like, Dude, I, okay, but I'd rather you slide. <laughs> there are way too many times on tape where his feet are above his head when he gets hit. Like, it's just, it's, yeah, he's got to learn how to protect himself because while he's tall, he is very slender. He is. And he's not a guy that I think is going to be carrying a ton of weight. I don't know if I'd want him to be that kind of guy. So, yeah, no. It's the it's the good and bad with Daniels as a runner where he's so talented, but he does need to be careful. I think he's really grown as a passer. I completely agree with you. I look at the pro things though that Penix does and he he has done. It's been a tough year to to hold your ground at QB3. Like mm -hmm. Bose had a good year. 
I really liked Riley Leonard coming into the year. I know people are high on McCarthy. You and I have never really gotten there, but yeah. there are people that are high on him. Same could be said about yours. You and I really never got there. But the point is, there are really smart people in this industry that that are there with those players or have been there with those players. Uh, and I'll say this is a good time to say this, Trevor, because people probably wonder in the comments, we don't talk about Carson Beck because we we have been we've heard we've seen like there's not a lot of expectation of Carson Beck becoming a pro mm -hmm. after this year, but he's done a really good job this year. It's just. Yeah, I don't think he's leaving. I don't think he is either. I yeah. I watched him. I watched him for the most uh, recent big board update, which, by the way, I extended the big board on PFF.com to 250 players now it was Ooh. 200 now it's 250 so i went through some of the rankings and some of the players and i updated some guys at the top of the list as well and i've got beck in my top 50 now just i believe it it's just just, just yeah. because like he is so much more i like i like beck more than i like jj mccarthy i like Beck yeah, more too. than i that like riley leonard than michael pratt then yep um, all those guys when yours sure. like, yeah the only i think where do i have beck now Beck's got to be six for me, I think. He's behind Caleb, Drake, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Shadur Sanders, and then I think, okay, seven. So I think that Beck is like QB seven on the list for me, but he's still in the top 50 because, I mean, just he has gotten the, – the more he has played football, which this is his first year as a starter, the more he has played, the more confident he gets – the better he is at recognizing defenses. He's remained really accurate. Um, I don't know his big-time throw or turnover where he pray, plays stats off the top of my head, but he feels pretty risk-averse as a quarterback. Like, he's just – he's not going to be a dual threat for you. Um, and I I don't think he's got the best arm in the world. I think there's going to be players, whether it's in this class or next year's class, that we're going to say, like, yeah, they've got better overall arm talent than Carson Beck does. But I think it's adequate for the NFL level and for – how well he places the ball, that accuracy, that timing, the rhythm, the confidence, everything. I mean, like he's just playing at a really high level right now. So, yeah. And Shador is another guy like we'll see. There's not a lot of expectations for him. Yeah. To be a player. I think we'll him see. and Beck are both coming back. Me too. I really do. With Penix. I mean, I put him in this Minnesota offense. Great pass protecting tackle and Christian Darisaw. This dude just peppering the ball at all levels of the field. The Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and TJ Hawkinson would be insane to me. And I think Kevin O'Connell's a really good coach in this league, a really well-prepared offense. Oh, yeah. Um a guy that can get quarter can squeeze the most out of quarterbacks in my opinion. I look at Penix and he's seeing it pre-snap. He's understanding where pressure is coming from. He always gives his offensive line credit in post games, but he's also setting them up for success really really well and and he's somebody that in terms of pure arm talent like ball placement, it's it could be pretty special at times. So um, we know there's variables with him, you know, medical and age and stuff where we, we don't think he's going to go in the top five of this draft or anything like that. But no, I wonder if in the long run that benefits him that he goes to a better situation and, and turns out to be one of the best quarterbacks in this draft class. Yeah, I wonder, too. I wonder if it's going to be something that ends up holding him from being a first round pick. It seems like you ask people that he's so polarizing. I think Penix is. Would you say he's the most polarizing player in this draft right now? I wonder what we're going to hear back on Latu. I mean, yeah, but yeah, medical but I mean, retirement is wild. Yeah, but even Latu, like, okay, but everybody thinks he's good, right? That's the, right, right. Like, okay, I, that's fair. I'd yeah, take, that's fair. I'd take him in the top ten. 
And there's going to be some people, I agree with you completely. Like Brad was on here last week, Brad Spooberger. If you guys missed the episode last week, he was fantastic. He did a great job breaking down a lot of team needs uh, for everybody. And we talked a little bit about uh, Latu because he's watched him and and he thinks that Latu is going to be more like closer to like pick 20 ish, just because he doesn't know if anybody in the top 12, I'll say, is going to take a chance on him with his medical history. But even the people who are wrong, yeah, I think, I think he's on it. Even the people who are, I'll say lowest on law too, if they have draftable grades on them, you know, if there's somebody who fails them and just takes them off the board. Yeah. Like I think you're right. I think this could be the first round. Penix is like, you talk to some people, Penix is a top 15 pick. You yep. talk to other people, Penix is like late day two, early. Yeah. Day three. Oh, I've heard it all over the place. I've heard. And then I've also heard the change. I've heard some guys that last year almost wrote him off after Indiana, wa- like watched a little Washington and they're, they were like, yeah, he's a day three developmental guy, maybe round three. And then they've watched this year and they're like, Oh, the who, like what happened here? This has been an incredible comeback story. He's around one quarterback. So yeah. yeah. And you know, you factor in if Penix goes to the senior bowl and just kind of looks like the dude out there compared to everyone else in terms of that arm talent and that confidence, mm-hmm. I wonder if it also makes a team that didn't go the extra mile to scout him this year in person enough, but they're all at the senior bowl or a staff is there and they're working with him. Cause I've heard really, really good things out of Washington about him over the last two years, like working with that staff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's no coincidence since he got to Washington, what that offense has become him grub and the wide receivers and that line all together. I wonder if that's a situation where the seat, like the, how much the senior ball moves the needle varies player to player by a yeah. lot. Yeah. But it feels like for Penix, it's one where you just go see him throw in that environment and you're like, whoa. Yeah. I think senior bowl could be massive for him, right? Because another big detractor is okay, you are throwing to two top 50 wide receivers. One of them could be a top 15 wide receiver. But here's my thing do, do we get carried away with that sometimes? No, I think, I think that some people do. Yeah. I think so. I okay. Here's my thing. Just to be honest, I think Ohio State has better wide receivers. I think Texas has better wide receivers. Like at, collectively, collectively uh-huh. as a group, and I think that Troy Franklin is a lot better than people think. It's weird to me how Troy Franklin. I had him in the first round of this mock draft. Yeah, he did. Adunze is good. McMillan, I was not hot on out of summer, and he's he's had such a year where he's probably got to go back to school. Yeah, I like, heard, I like Polk much, yeah. a lot. I do. I think I've been impressed with Polk, but I just think it's gotten to the point where I'm like, why don't we have this conversation for Quinn Ewers? Or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's weird to me how far that conversation went the other way. I I I think that a lot of people pointed out just because they're really talented receivers, but to me, I I don't really feel like it's oh yeah 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 these receivers are making Michael Penix. That I, that's I my the, point. I think it's just people helping people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, like you know, just lending a helping hand, you know, helping everybody out, just you know, yeah. coming together as you know the human race. No, it's uh, <laughs> a microcosm of the human race, the Washington Huskies offense. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I think that we've we've seen very eye to eye on this, and this is also why I'm I'm really excited when we get into draft season when we get to have a lot of different people on, a lot of different great draft analysts because they, we're going to have a lot of different opinions on a lot of these players. Um, and I think that that's a fun part of draft season because you and I do see Penix similarly in terms of that regard. You're higher on him than I am, but even with that being the case, I think that Penix has been a 
flamethrower of a, of a quarterback this year. I mean, he's just been, he's been on fire. So I don't think you really take that away from him. But anyways, uh, we spent a ton of time on that one. We got one more pick. I'm going down to, where did they pick? God, it's a good football team. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars picking 28. You've got him taking my guy, Graham Barton. Yeah, this is supposed to be one that like is for you. Listen, I almost wrote underneath a little blurb like <laughs> this one's for Trevor. Listen, I love it. <laughs> but you wrote a good mock draft, damn it. Okay, I had to pick like something. You know, right. the, the title of the show is five different picks. I couldn't, I couldn't show up with only four. Four, yeah, that the would have been a would problem. People would laugh at me. You know, I get, I get pulled off my own podcast. I give, I'd be given my walking papers. So I picked the Jags. And Grand Parton pick, I think, is a really good one. They need interior offensive line help. But Xavier Leggett mm. in this offense. Big, fast, strong wide receiver. I think the receiver room needs an upgrade anyways from even the current guys that they have there. I think Leggett's a major difference maker. You wouldn't have to rely on Calvin Ridley as much, which she has seemed really feast or famine this year. You add another great receiver into that mix. And I think that you're really cooking with gas then. So I love Xavier Leggett. I think that he, you know, uh, he's going to remind people a lot of DK Metcalf and Metcalf ended up going in the second round. Obviously, like Metcalf had the the neck history injury. Yeah, so like it. that absolutely goes into it because this dude was a monster at the combine. I mean, his tape, I think, was fantastic when he was out there. And I think that Xavier Leggett has had a similarly impressive season this past year with production. And I think he's gonna blow up the combine. Now, maybe not, you know, like four three or whatever DK ran that was absolutely insane, but it's gonna be something that's extremely impressive for a player that is of his size and his weight adjusted athletic measurements and metrics are going to be to me still off the charts. So I like the idea of a wide receiver at the back end of the first round for the Jags. So I don't hate this one. Like I said, this is this one. I saved this one for the end because it was more of a nod to, Hey, I think that you put together a great mock draft giving teams a lot of really good players and there wasn't a ton to change, but this one at least is one where I go, okay, um, I could see Jacksonville's offense getting more explosive, adding a unique athlete like Leggett at the back end of the first round. It makes the offense that much more fun. When you look at Calvin Ridley this year, when Zay Jones has been healthy, it's just been out of this world. So it kind of goes to show you they like really need that other running partner mm-hmm. for Calvin Ridley. For I think like every team in the NFL does, you know? Like yeah, we just, it's we not just even... live in that age. Basically, unless you have Tyreek Hill or Justin Jefferson, or, you know, we've seen with Devontae Adams as well, like, Y'all need it. I mean, everybody needs like a compliment. You got to have yes. at least two really good receivers in today's football. I just thought that I just think their line's been so bad for most of this year. It's underwhelming, really underwhelming. I mean, Lawrence can cover up some of at least. Yeah, Lawrence can cover up some of their warts, but you'd like him to have to not have to do that all the time to actually have some dropbacks where he can hold on to the ball and let things develop down the field. So, but look at it's a fun idea. I'll tell you that much here. Here's the last thing I'll, I'll throw back at you since this is pick 28. Mm-hmm. Would you'd have Leggett go over Ibuka and AD Mitchell in that scenario. They went a couple picks right after that. He's a very unique player. Leggett. Yeah. It's hard because I think I have both of them ranked higher, but I don't know if that's going to stand when I do full film rechecks because just off of watching these guys live and like catching college football games live, 
I feel like the specialness of Leggett is something that I would gravitate towards over those two receivers. But I, I think Ibuka would be a volume machine for the Jags. So, I mean, like, that would be a great pick as well. A.D. Mitchell, I think that would be an immediate – an immediate boost into the red zone to really help the Jags red zone offense as well. So I don't really think there's a wrong option. If I was staying true to my rankings, I guess Ibuka would be next, but I just love the idea of getting that kind of an athlete on the field for that Jag offense. Yeah, that makes sense. They have a technician in Ridley. So yeah, that's what I think of when I think of Ibuka. I think more technician. Yeah. I'm so excited to get to rechecks, man. Like I just, so people just to, uh, be transparent with people out there. I have like a schedule that I've, I've set up throughout the year where it's kind of a combination, right? I'm, I'm watching college football and I'm, I'm doing as many rechecks as I can for the players that I already have on the big board. But at the same time, um, it's our job to expand the big board as much as we can. You know, we start with 100, we get to 150, we get to 200. Now we're up to 250. Um, once I get up to, I think, 280 players ranked then we get all seven rounds unlocked on the mock draft simulator so that's kind of what we've been really pushing towards over the last month ish and i've been waiting for the end of the regular season so we have all the regular season film to look at before we get into championships saturday and then the bowl season but i'm so excited to get back into these rechecks man because bowl season's like yeah okay it's a nice cherry on top sometimes it matters most of the time it's not right. nearly as important as the regular season film but Man, we're going to be doing some fun shows, some positional rankings after the regular season in the next couple of weeks. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it's the best. It really I, is. I want to go just up and down the mock. If there's anything else that you would have changed, I had one just talking point, not really a position that I would change, but I had a talking point. I wondered if there was anything else that you had about it. But before we get to that, it's not a bird. It's not a plane. It is the most revolutionary ball trimmer that you guys have ever seen. Gentlemen. Our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below-the-waist grooming experience like none other with their brand-new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. We're talking about a next-generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever your mind can imagine. AI is pretty cool, but I do think that this is the biggest technological advancement that the world has ever seen. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultrasphere by going to manscaped.com getting 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code PFF. It is high tech in low places from our friends over at manscaped inside the package. You will find the star of the show. Salon mower 5.0 ultra their fifth generation trimmer features those two interchangeable blades, next gen skin safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top and then a new foil blade to go as smooth wherever your heart is. Desires. This bad boy also features the LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple different skin tones. You can set, shed some light on those dark places as well. We're talking about three length setting combs for all your desired lengths. And of course, it's waterproof too. You know that because you know Manscaped's products are absolutely fantastic. This right here, it's on the cutting edge of cutting your pubes. Upgrade the ball trimmer and your life will absolutely follow. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code PFF over at manscaped.com. That's 20% off for free shipping using PFF at manscaped.com. I can promise you, you guys have never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship before. Now you can get yours today from our folks over from our friends over at, uh, at manscaped.com. All right. So the talking point that I had in your mock, this was a pick that I wanted to change, but I just, I couldn't the Los Angeles chargers. You have them taking cornerback Kool-Aid McKintree. And Jerzon Newton's on the board. 
And I have so often been like, mm. oh, charges on the board. I, I, I almost was like, oh, I'm, I'm, this is an easy one. I'm switching this one out. We can have another Jerzon Newton discussion because he's probably going to be the only first round interior defensive tackle. And then I looked up some Chargers numbers and I was like, God damn, their secondary sucks. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's so bad, man. It's horrific. It's, I think they've given up. I think they're they're at least bottom 10 in the NFL in EPA per pass allowed, total passing yards allowed, uh, completion percentage against, first first downs allowed, passing touchdowns allowed. Like, it's just, it's so bad. So I couldn't, I couldn't change it. So I wanted to just say, let you know, like I thought about changing that one, but I, I, I couldn't even do it. The non-Asante Samuel Jr. corners have just been dreadful. It's not good to them. Dreadful. But full transparency, like I have Newton probably quite a few spots higher than Kool-Aid in terms of the big board. But yeah, there is also also, something. I also have Newton above Kool-Aid. It's I didn't do this like strictly for this, but there is something funny about being the champion of a fan base like i came out of this mock draft and i'm like yeah arizona cardinals fans like i am i am your link of zelda <laughs> like i got you jerzon newton and marvin harrison jr yeah <laughs> like, yeah you did you did like, they, you they did will, that on purpose they'll be off my ass for a month you manip- you manipulated the mock yes i absolutely uh and boy is there a fan base that comes in comes in volume of praise arizona cardinals was the one i picked but there are quite, there are a few that they always respond because you know they've been a little bit of rebuilding lately and they improved. So you can't win them all. Uh, I absolutely blew it with the third overall pick, giving the Patriots a blue chip, maybe generational tackle prospect. But felt good about the Cardinals duo. Yeah, I mean you you did nail that one. You absolutely nailed it. Let us know what you guys thought of uh, of Connor's mock draft. You can go check it out over at uh, at NBC Sports. You know, just Google his name; you'll be able to find it. He's super famous. You're, oh, you're not gonna, you're it, not going to have a tough time doing that. But let us know stop what you thought. Let, let us know what you thought of the overall mock draft. It was a, if it was a pick that we talked about, or if it wasn't, or it could be a take on my take. You guys know how it is. Best way to do that: YouTube comments, YouTube.com backslash NFL Stock Exchange. Uh, we love this mock draft format, especially because it always gives people a good sounding board. We get to read these. We get to respond to these. It's always a good time. Um, if you're audio only, you can hit us up on social media as well. Instagram at X at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J. Rogers. That's the best way to do that. This is our only episode this week. I know, I know, I know everybody's devastated, but holiday travel and work schedules not really lining up for us to get a second episode in this week. So you will have to listen to this one double. I expect double the views on this one. Just go back, you know, like create and go incognito mode on your browser on Wednesday when you normally listen to the new episode and just listen to it again. I don't know if it's browser or maybe it's IP. I don't know. Actually, you know, what you should do? if you were a real fan of the podcast, what you would do is you would actually get a second router to give us this. That's, you're right. You know what? Challenge our fan base. Yeah, Instead, right. Listen, right. You, you, you guys, guys need, like you guys show? need the push. You guys need the push. You like this show? Like it's when, um, remember when NFTs got hot? And no. He, yeah. Horrible time of our existence, by the way. Yeah. Probably never bought one. But no, not a chance. What people would do that ran brands or whatever. Like, if you buy our NFTs, you can come to our events and do this. Like instead of a, 
instead of us using NFTs to do that, people show their alliance by having a second router. <laughs> a second router. <laughs> but it's branded NFL Stock Exchange. There's like the logo on it. It's right. a custom. Right. Imagine our, our shop, like the NFL Stock Exchange shop. It's like, oh, cool. Dad hat, uh, T-shirt, koozie, router. <laughs> oh, boy. Man. So buy the second router. Uh, watch the episode again. We will make it up to you guys. We will. Um, we'll do a triple we will threat. Have- yeah, we want to do a we want to do a big a big mailbag episode at some point. So like we'll have like the two regularly scheduled episodes, but then we're gonna throw in a mailbag episode at some point. Whether it ends up being not this week, but next week or the week after, we'll give you a, a bonus third episode in there at some did, point. Did we lose our voicemail account? No, I think we have it. That was always fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like playing the yeah the voicemails. They always give me a the good call smile ins, or a laugh. The call-ins? Yeah, oh, yeah. It was great. I maybe we bring that back for a mailbag. I don't know if Ryan, I can't remember if Ryan's ever logged into that before or not. We've done it before a couple of times in the show and it is fun. If we don't have it anymore, we'll just read them, but we'll we'll find a way. We will make it up to the attics um with a week that has three shows, one fully dedicated to mailbags because we've decided to actually spend one day with our families, Thanksgiving only, one night only, Thanksgiving, and then it's back to business. Yeah, and there's three football games happening during. I was going to say <laughs> it's a total sham. It's a total sham, and now there's a Black Friday game, so it's oh yeah, oh yeah, Jets Dolphins to Tim Boyle Bowl. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Do you have to work that game? Of course, <laughs> of course. So your it's, holiday has to end because you got to. My go holiday will Tim be Boyle certified smoked <laughs> because it. <laughs> It'll be great um, with my fiance's family, like the food there, the people there. They are awesome. They are great people to holiday with. But I will admit on the podcast, and this is not something I I do very often as a responsible adult. I get a little hammered on Thanksgiving because usually it's Black Friday is one of my weird days off of the year. Yeah, Blackout Friday. Right. We usually don't do a fantasy football happy hour show. There's no NFL going on. I've recorded all my podcasts Monday through Thursday. So Thanksgiving is a rare holiday where it's like, nah, I could have that extra IPA or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the beginning of the show with Tony Romo. But no, not this year. <laughs> Thank you, NFL schedule. I was sitting there with my cup of apple juice with my soup pressed and packed. Do you um you don't know what I said after after the Jets couldn't score at all against the Bills for like week five in a row? Yeah, I literally said I got dressed up for this again. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's my dream job, but it's still very funny. I know it is fun. I, I when I cover it's the sickening. Bucks when I cover the Bucks repeat report, I I did the whole thing like I I dress up every Sunday. Oh, you know yeah. I you know I, I'm getting there like two and a half hours, three oh, hours early because like it is like it's 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 a dream job. You treat it like that. It's amazing. You get to work with some great people. You get to be in it. Like I got to be in the stadium to watch you get all this stuff. But at the same time, I was watching Jameis's 30 for 30. That's what I was just going to ask. You did the Jameis year. Correct. Correct. Oh, my God. That's iconic. Brother, I was in the press box when (laughs) in the on the first play. This is the the last game of the season, right? The last game of the season. He has thrown 29 interceptions. We're all we're all like, is he going to do it? The game is tied and goes to overtime. Okay, and he's thrown 29 interceptions on the season. And I remember looking at Rick Stroud. Rick Stroud, who's worked for the Tampa Bay Times for many, many, many years. Legendary. Yeah. 
And I remember looking at him and, and Rick looks at me and he's like, there's no way he's, he's going to do it. Is he? And I was like, there's no, there's no way this happens in overtime. The first play of overtime, he hits Deion Jones straight in the chest and Deion Jones takes it in, walks it for a pick six. People forget the 30th interception for Winston was a pick six in overtime in the last game of the season in front of the home fans to end the year. And it, they would have been eight and eight if they won, right? I I couldn't tell I you. Think, Gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what the record was. But I yeah, I, I just had it open before. I was I was before I asked you, I was checking what year the thirty thirty season was, and I was like, I, so I was like, oh, Bucks went still went seven and nine that year. It seems hard to do, mm. but knowing that context, they really could have been eight and eight. Could have been eight, and, eight. and he threw thirty interceptions. Oh, well, he's, wow yeah best ticket in sports no <laughs> it, i mean most entertaining ticket in sports is any any game that james winston has a chance to suit up in um I was you should write forward. a book on that season make it like not re- maybe like a short story like for kids or something yeah and it's just a book where it's just like the screaming like ah yeah yeah, like yeah. That for like you know Flip, like, like a pop-up book oh sure and it's like yeah, oh yeah. interception and then like you turn it and it's like, oh, another one. And it's like little cartoons of each player that got 30 interceptions. I was going to say something before. Oh, um, you brought up Thanksgiving real quick. Do you have any hot takes Thanksgiving food takes? You know, not really, because I, I think everybody's kind of come together on this. Turkey stinks. It's just a it's a bad meat. It's you got to dump gravy on it. I know fried. It's good. Very good. Fried turkey is good. Regular turkey is, man, I we I, we do this from people that ate like this 8 million years ago. We haven't evolved at all. We haven't evolved at all. We still do the turkey. This, it's all about the sides. It's about the mashed potatoes. It's about the sweet potatoes with marshmallow. It's about, the, you know, obviously stuffing's a huge hit on Thanksgiving. Of course. Yeah. But, man, I, I do like when a honey ham is thrown into the mix. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, I, I don't think that's a hot take, though. I feel like most people are very, very uh, lukewarm on the turkey side of it. I love turkey. I think turkey's fantastic. You I think love ham, turkey. I think ham stinks. And if your family serves you ham at uh, Thanksgiving, they don't love you. What about both? It, like, it's just out there. It's an option. That's fine. Okay. Turkey spirit. Where does turkey rank on the meats for you that you love turkey? Low. So you don't love to you like turkey. <laughs> I like you thanks- love steak. You I love, love I love I love Thanksgiving turkey though. You, you say you love say like brisket. oh, it need, oh it you needs love gravy. pulled pork. Oh, you it needs like gravy. Turkey. I don't give a shit mm. that it needs gravy. It tastes oh, good. Man. That's the point. It's Thanksgiving. No, it's a meat that was eaten. Throw it all in there. You got mashed potatoes. You got stuffing. You got gravy. You got turkey. You can go like a little bit all in one bite. Boom. Ugh. It yeah, is the it's... flavor of the holiday season. What is ham? Ham's slimy, gross, bottom tier, zero SEC championships. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got to talk about the fact that Thanksgiving's a holiday. It started in 1619 by people that didn't even have plumbing yet. And we still eat the way they did. We didn't evolve Good. the holiday. Good. That's How do you feel about cranberry sauce? I love cranberry sauce. I'm kind of hit or miss with it. Like, oh it's, no, it's a smash hit, especially oh, out of the can. Old school dirty. Yeah, oh, old school dirty. You just you know something's real grimy and good when you like have to put the knife in the can and it just comes out like a giant thing of Jello. 
Isn't like that just nothing should be nothing that should be that pro- nothing should be eaten at that is that processed. But my God, is it delicious! All right, it's uh, last disgusting, but it's so good. Last one, <clears throat> favorite Thanksgiving dessert, or I should probably just say pie because like pie, poor dessert, oh, poor dessert. Whoa, yeah, whoa. no bad on the dessert. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, what are you about to say? What are you about to What are you about to say here? Cheesecake. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Cheesecake's not a like traditional Thanksgiving dessert though. Yeah, but in New York, we eat cheesecake with everything. Okay, you also (laughs) live in New York, so I guess you could eat cheesecake whenever you damn want. Anything with, like, some kind of cream cheese effect, we eat almost every day. Sure, sure. okay, all right. If I get it's a pie holiday, I understand. So, okay, but you're you're not even, like, are you not touching any kind of pie? If if there's adequate options, I'll pass on the pie. Now, do you want me to do the rankings of the pie? I, I'm really yeah, bad at go this. Ahead. Go ahead. So go this ahead. is this is this go is not going to be a good look get for ro- me. Get roasted. Yeah, I'll get, get shredded. Let's go. I like chocolate pudding pie, um, and then like apple pie with vanilla ice cream on it. Pretty good, especially warm. The rest of the pies are don't belong taking up space. Like you only have so much space. That garbage, honestly, all of them. Like pecan pie? Who's, oh, who's, don't stop. Stop. You can't. You can't be serious. That's for the 80 year olds that made it to Thanksgiving. Get it's, south of the Mason Dixon one time. Con. No, it's one garbage. Time. One no way. time. No way. There's only so much room. You, no. Pecan pie. Oh, uh, don't stop. Pumpkin pie stinks. Pumpkin terrible. Pie stink. We can it's unite terrible. On that. We can unite on that. Um, Have you ever had a pumpkin square, though? Was it like a brownie? It's like a, the pumpkin version of a brownie with like this vanilla-ish icing on it. it I don't love out of this world flavor stuff. Mm, that's you know? sad. Like it's like it's to me it's fine. Like the pumpkin oh, no. flavor is fine, but I don't like pumpkin pie. Pumpkin and coffee again, like Kit is fine. I I can I can deal with that. I actually love pumpkin seeds, but that tastes nothing like actual pumpkin seeds are good. Yeah, you know, like actual, pumpkin seeds like, are very pumpkins. good. Um. But yeah, like uh, yeah, like pumpkin pies, absolute garb, trash. Sweet potato pie, also trash. Garbage. Can't have it. No, not Wait, good. How, all right, this is the last thing. How do you feel about key lime pie? You know what? It's slowly grown on me over the Let's years. Let's go. Baby. That's how I know I'm getting old. I remember when I was like 20, I was like, who would pick that? I used to be a waiter, and whenever mm-hmm. I'd bring out a key lime pie, I would just like put it down on the table and look at them and be like, out of all the things you could have got, and just walk away. And now that I'm I'm getting old, key lime pie is not terrible. You know, we were going to have an extra uh, podcast episode uh, for the mailbag, like we said. But since Connor said that he doesn't like pecan pie and said it belongs it's over. to trash, instead, it's just going to be a pay-per-view UFC match between the two of us. That's going to be our extra content that we do here for this channel. Um, appreciate <laughs> appreciate everybody. Pay-per-view. Watch it and listen. Yeah, we got it. It's it's uh Patreon only. And like that's the only thing that we have like behind the Patreon. That's that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> appreciate everybody watching and listening to the podcast. We absolutely love you guys. Uh it's obviously a great time of year to be thankful. We're absolutely we're just yes. so thankful for everybody who watches and listens to this podcast. It is such a joy for us to do. Hopefully you guys feel the same way uh, when you are listening to it. Enjoy the food, however you like it. Yeah. The family, yeah. the football, everything that comes over the next week. I hope that uh, you get to enjoy some great time, whatever it is you're doing. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We will see you next Monday. Next Monday.